Welcome to episode 75 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break Podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. Before we get into the episode, Kayla, tell us about our sponsors. We have Fernandez Masonry as our presenting partner this month, and then we have Carhartt Company Gear as our lightning round sponsor. Tell us a little bit about them both. Absolutely. So Fernandez Masonry established in New Bedford in 1997 is a dynamic masonry construction firm dedicated to serving a diverse clientele. So their main, their three main pillars are safety, quality craftsmanship, and customer service, which I am all about customer service. They've had some really big projects recently. They're just a, a really good company. If you're into, you know, if you need masonry work, just Shout out to Fernandez Masonry. That's where you want to go. And shout out to our lightning round sponsor, Carhartt Company Gear, the one-stop shop for work gear for both women and men. So their first-rate service, industry-leading manufacturing and quality, extended size ranges, product offering built for your industry, technical expertise, and they're 132 years of experience. So, I mean, they have the years behind them. Um, I personally love Carhartt Company and shout out to Carhartt for sending jackets for our students at Student Appreciation Night. So they, you know, Mike reached out to them. They were more than willing to offer some jackets for our graduating students. And all the students that showed up to the Student Appreciation Night at Polar Park walked away with a nice jacket. So we are super grateful to them. Thank you guys so much. And let's get into the next the next episode here. Yeah. So we are lucky enough to have Miss Carol Faola here to tell us a little bit about what is coming up in the ABC mass world. Carol, what do you have planned for us this year? What's going I'm ex- on? I'm excited to have Carol with this, us this morning. Because this I think year, this, is this month. This is great. Um, thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah. So I just thought it would be, or actually Mike and I uh, chatted this morning and it made sense for me to come on. We got a lot going on in the month of June. So here we are the last day of May, 2023. I cannot believe it. May flew by. We had a, a, a really successful event at the beginning of May, which was the car event, which you guys uh, commented on. Thank you so much. It was fun. I think everyone had a great time. Looking forward to uh, hosting that every year. Uh, But let's move on to, uh, in addition to wrapping May up, I just wanted to um, make everyone aware that this morning that our Building Your Foundations Contractor Fundamental Seminar Series is underway. We had our terminations webinar this morning, which was great. And uh, we are going to finish off uh, the month of June with our third webinar entitled The Many Faces of the Modern Workforce. And then we'll take a break for the summertime and kick those back up in September with three more sessions. So if that's something people are interested in, it's a focus on HR. Uh, You can go to our website, click on the events tab, click on the calendar, and then you'll uh, see those seminar series authored. They are being held on the last Wednesday of every month for the month of June, September, October, and November. So we have a great lineup for that. Uh, Just to go into it, uh, September, we will have a Talk Saves Saves Lives presentation. Uh, In October, we'll be doing a presentation uh, on a strategic plan uh, as an employee benefit. 
and then we'll do the state of healthcare on November. So that'll wrap up the series for uh, 2023. In addition to that, tomorrow morning we have a, or uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, so it might be passed. And it, in addition to that, we will have a, a handful of lunch and learns and webinars through my, throughout the month of June, um, both before and after our annual golf event, which is filling up quickly. Uh, I just checked the numbers and there is a good chance we are going to be closing out registration for that this week. We have a couple foursomes left. We still have a few opportunities for single golf players to register, but once those close, uh, uh, we've met our numbers, uh, that registration is going to be closed out and um, we don't want anyone to miss out on the opportunity. So sign up today. We also still have a couple sponsorships left. We have drink ticket sponsorships. We have a dinner sponsorship and we have a couple raffle sponsorships available, which um, can also be seen on our uh, event page. If you go to register under the registration, you can see those sponsorships in the add-on section. So yeah, lots going on in the month of June. Uh, I, I don't know, for those that are listening and have not been to an event uh, put on by ABC in quite a while, Carol has done an amazing job with the events that she's put on. Uh, and I don't know about everybody else, but just yeah. speaking from my experience, it, they've all been amazing. Every, everybody has had a blast. They've been so well organized, so well put together. Um, I haven't been to one I have bad at bedtime. So from the car show a few weeks ago to the golf tournament, to everything that she's done since so she's been here has been amazing. So I'm so glad she's part of the team and that she's here with us today. So Carol, Shout thanks out. a lot. Thank you. I love it. You know, Shout out to the Steve Meister. Do we really have to take a break in events for the summertime? Because it's just so much fun. No, we're going to try to pepper something in uh, something uh, not so. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not so formal, if you will. We, we're looking to do something in the month of August. Um, hopefully in the Fall River, uh, New Bedford area. So um, I don't want to touch or talk too much about that yet because I'm still looking into venues. Uh, it'll probably be, you know, just a simple networking event, which I think we we can, we all need and uh, we could use and just uh, get together, have a couple beers and meet with some fellow members down in that area. So that is in the works. Um, once we have a date, you know, we'll obviously start advertising it and you heard, post it on our first. site. You people heard it here first. first. Yeah, tops. Yeah. Still under wraps, but this uh, stuff uh, upcoming. But uh, yeah. this week's episodes are good. And we've got uh, Jim Kalutis on from Kalutis Companies. He's been a longtime ABC member and uh, talked to him. And let's uh, hear from Jim. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Friend of mine, Jim Kalutis from the Kalutis Company. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Grateful and, to be here. And took I, us a while. I, I took us a while to get here, right? And I physically stalked you, followed you, uh, was at your house. I was in the backyard. I was writing. It was borderline stalking. I finally got you on here. And I'm so happy to be have you on here. But uh, for those that don't know, Clueless uh, Companies has been an ABC Mass member for quite a long time. So why don't you tell us about yourself and then specifically about how your company came to be? It's a great story. Sure. I think for me, it was all out of necessity. Started the business with my dad in 87. And really what ended up happening was my dad and I always did side work together. But at some point, you know, we needed to turn it into a legitimate business. And it wasn't until 
I went and I wanted to get a loan for a car. They asked me who I worked for. And, you know, I wrote down Kalutis Painting because, you know, that's how we knew ourselves as. But the company never existed. So then I got nervous and I had to run down to the town hall and and fill out a business certificate. And that's how we officially got started in 87 and uh, have been grown ever since. And your role in 87 started as uh, where you kind of bounce back between the field and the office to kind of learn the business that way. Well, the the real truth was I was really good at getting coffee and donuts because I could never sit still. And and while I was out getting coffee and donuts, um, I would actually see construction trailers. And whenever I would see a construction trailer, I would just go knock on the door and say, hey, who's doing the painting here? So a lot of that, you know, hustle that I learned how to do it in the early days of just talking to people. And, you know, again, it was out of necessity because my dad was a union painter. He would get laid off two, three, four months out of the year. And I was looking to backfill his side work to make up for some of that stuff. That's an amazing story. Uh, the, the second person I've talked to this week kind of did the same thing. Their family immigrated from Italy. They came over fourth generation Mason, the same thing. They weren't really a company until they stopped doing work for their friends and family had to actually branch out and do other work, right? They said, the ones had like signing contracts and doing other things. So it's funny how that came to be. Uh, and one of the reasons I was really drawn to you was on LinkedIn was you do it a, a phenomenal job with your Kalutus TV videos and the fact that you're all about building a strong company culture. You know, and briefly before we started, I kind of talked to you a bit about the culture thing. And it means a lot to me because, um, you know, working in a horrible place can be can be just so detrimental to the people around you, right? And you always want to surround yourself with good people. But if you surround yourself with good people and then they turn bad, go bad, right? It's not good for the culture. So what are some ways that you, at your company you've instilled a great company culture? A lot of it probably has to do with my upbringing. And uh, I think, you know, I think my parents for the, I, I believe they did a, a nice job for my sister and my brother and I, and um, I think it's just treating people the right way. And if you think about it, we sometimes spend more time with the people at work than we do with the people at home. So you better like the people you work with. And and for me, it was always about that, you know, surround yourself with good people and, you know, things just worked out a lot easier and, yeah, I, I, it was that simple. You know, no one likes being around selfish people. No one likes being around people that want it to be all about them. And I think we've been able to achieve some of the successes that we've had because we've worked very well together, right? That whole collaboration thing of, um, you know, achieving more as a team rather than any one individual. But, you know, it really always would go back to like how my parents raised me of just treat people the right way. Can you give us some like some specific examples of how you instill that company culture, right? Is it start like from when the first orientation, like when they first are brought on board? Does it start even before that during the interview process? So a lot of it has started way back when, when we when we think about when it was just my dad and I, and we would always run out and get lunch for everybody. And, you know, up until the Great Recession, we literally were buying lunch for people all the time. Now, typically, I try to get out to job sites and see the guys and 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 buy them different types of food and stuff. When I run back to the office, I'm always buying a salad for this person or a salad for that person. But um, again, back to the basic things of just treating people in, in the simplest ways of just being kind and nice. And um, the other thing that we've found is knowing people's names and just shaking their hand. And like for me, I'm at the point now, uh, we're probably up to about 175 employees. It's a challenge for me to know everybody's name. And it's sometimes it's embarrassing for me because I'm turning to someone to say, hey, you know, what's their name? What's their name? 
Um, but that's one of the things that just keep it that simple. I know your name, Michael. I shake your hand and 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 I know you, you know me. And and really at the end of the day, we're trying to provide for our families. You're trying to provide for your family. I'm trying to provide for my family. So there's just some basic respect there that I think, you know, should go both ways and just treat people the right way. And you know, the videos that you post online are great because like, like you said, you do go out to the job sites quite Quite frequently. How many times a week do you actually go out to the job sites? I have a goal to make it at least to one job site every week. And it might look like I'm a, I don't think I get out there enough. Um, and every week that goes by, I wish I would be able to get out there even more. Um, wow. So, but yeah, I could I could definitely be out there more and um, just seeing everybody on the front lines. And But growing a business takes some time as well. So I'm always running around doing other things as well. And then how did Kalutas TV come about? How did that all it's that's not easy speaking from experience on this side it's not an easy it's not as easy as just in front of the camera you have to come up with content you have to come up with interesting things that people would find interesting how did it come up with all that when COVID hit right we couldn't go out and see customers right and it would be hard to connect with people and you know let's not forget about the masks that we had to wear and what we've realized is we still needed to connect with people because you know people do work with people that they like and trust and it was just one of those things that we realized that we needed. It was our way to be able to reach out to the community, uh, whether it was our customers, uh, whether it was people that wanted to work here at Colutus. So it was just one of those crazy ideas. And I didn't know what I was doing. I, I have not been big on social media up to that point. I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram. I don't, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. But it was one of those things that we needed to keep that connection going because we couldn't go out. People didn't want us in their offices. You know, we would bring lunch to people. Uh, you know, that Greek in me, we like to feed people. Right. Uh, we couldn't even do lunch and learns and go visit people and bring them lunch. And so that was just a natural way of how to stay in front of the people that we're already working with. And has it grown, do you think? Do you think more people are letting you know how much they enjoy it? And they, they like like myself, I think it's great, I you know, I, I've every couple of days I'm like, where's Kalutus's thing? Where's Kalutus's thing? Oh, there it is. I didn't, didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. That's good. It's like, I, I, it I still, I still get nervous in front of the camera. Um, you know, different times I, I need my teleprompter there and I, I'm reading my cue cards just to try to get it right. So I'm still trying to figure it out. So I'm still nervous. It's not easy, but it, it's one of those things that it has, you know, had turned into a life of its own to just connect with people and, it's interesting to get different notes from people. I just recently um, got a note from someone that was just thanking me for for mentoring someone that they knew. And it was like, wow, you know, it's like these little things that people reach out to you. We've had employees, uh, children that have reached out to say, hey, thank you for, you know, taking care of my dad. Hey, thank you for what you did for my family. And, you know, it's it's allowing us to maybe like, again, it's just communicate more, right? It's this massive cocktail party online and we're talking with people yep. and it, it's just nice. It, it's just those simple things. I get re every week, like people reach out like, hey, come buy my business. And we've done six acquisitions in the last eight years. And, you know, people hear about that and they're like, hey, would you like to buy my business? I'm like, you know, all right. And then we've had other people reach out to us to say, hey, I moved my family to Arizona. I want to move back to the East Coast. I love what you're doing at your company. Do you have any opportunities for fireproofing? I'm a real fireproofing specialist. I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and we connect. And then every once in a while, we'll have a client reach out to say, hey, I didn't realize that you do concrete polishing. 
Can you? So it's not really that we get a lot of business. We get a little business from it, but it really has just opened up everybody's eyes to to realize that we're here and what we're doing for our community, our people, and that type of stuff. And I think it's nice too, because then you get to kind of see the face behind the name, right? You get to see who you get to see the person, right? So that seems, oh, I've seen your videos before. And this is what but they kind of feel like they get to know you a little bit. And mm-hmm. I know from my end of it, you know, we do the podcast every week and we, we watch the numbers. We watch someone who's watching and, you know, someone will reach out to me and say, oh, I listen to your podcast every week. I love it. And I'll say, you do? Like, you listen to the, and she's like, I love it. I listen every week. I listen to it. One of the, uh, Steve Nardone from Nardone Electric, he listens to it every week. You know, he's if I don't post it on Friday, he's like, "Where's the Where's the episode? You just post it." Okay, I, I stop what I'm doing. I go over and do it right away because I don't want anybody to, you know, they like the uh, to see it every week. So that's kind of a good good segue, right? So you started with painting. How did you get to do everything you're doing now? Because you don't just do painting anymore. I know it started as residential painting and it grew to commercial. How did you grow that to all the things that you do now? Sure, you know, after doing things for 36 years, you know, it's just. Yeah, you kind of like you've been doing it, you know, we've done epoxy coatings and floor coatings all these years, but it ended up happening that we knew a guy that had a flooring business and we were helping him out on a job and he got us a lead on the job and we were working together on the same job. And he's like, hey, you know, how about we do something here? I'm like, well, what do you mean? And I didn't know what an acquisition would look like. Uh, And we ended up just, you know, uh, merging, buying his company. And, you know, he's still working with us now, you know, close to 10 years later. Um, and it's just a win-win. Like, because most business owners, like there's certain things that they like to do and then there's cer- certain things that they don't like to do. <laughs> and if you can take those things away from them and get someone else to do them for for them, then they're happy and they're like, wow, this is easy. This is great. Um, so I, it, it's mostly been these acquisitions have come from either our employees or our vendors say, hey, you should talk to Doug. Hey, you should talk to Larry. And that's really how it's come. Like people say, hey, what's the multiple? What's the equity? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not like that. It's about, (laughs) you know, someone needing help or someone looking to transition to the next generation and not having many options. And we were able to get into the industrial flooring, concrete polishing, and fireproofing. And fireproofing, we've been doing intumescent fireproofing paint for years. And all of a sudden, here was a company that needed to transition and and we were there. And what people don't realize is the most valuable thing about doing an acquisition is actually the employees because you can't go hire someone that has 25 years of experience. And for us, every time we've done an acquisition, the most valuable part has been these employees that are just like gold. Yeah. And we were briefly talking before when I worked for somebody before, he would say, I'm buying company X. And I would say, what do you mean you're buying company X? We don't know anything about that company. And he would say, ah, it runs it by itself. I said, no, it doesn't. No company runs by itself. Who's going to turn the lights on? Who's going to shut the yeah. lights off? Who's going to, who's going to pay? Ah, we'll be fine. I said, nope, 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 not going to be fine. I'm not, I can't take this. And that's right. I got to go down there and I would learn company X, the business is, I, I have to, the owner was there for 25 years, try to learn as much as I can just to get the basics. So when he, he wants to sell the business, he wants to get out. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He wants to just turn the keys over and, and that's it. He doesn't want to be that a consultor. Some people, what I've done, the three or four we've had to deal with, they want out, you know, they're doing it for 30, 40 years. The kids don't want to do it anymore. And it, it it's you hit the nail on that. It's the people part. That's so important, right? So you, especially when you take over a company, like, Oh, am I going to have my job? Or, you know, am I going to lose my job? What's going to happen? And it's important that, they understand that you need them in order for the, the transition to be so successful. Right. And then I guess talking about generational, is there another 
Kaluta's coming behind you now to take over the business. So uh, that's that remains to be seen. I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old who are about to be 12 and about to be 15. So I, I don't want to put that burden on them. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by some really good people uh, that we've built a management team here probably for the last eight years. Some of us have been working together for over 20 something years together. Wow. And yeah, I, I think the, the management team could easily take it over and transition it. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're exploring and looking into is the whole ESOP, like that whole employee stock ownership plan. Wow. I think that's a really, really a, a, an important piece of like, how do you give back to all your employees that have been loyal to you? So we're exploring things. We're, we're looking and we're learning and we're educating ourselves. It, it, again, it's just the culture sounds amazing just hearing it from you. And one of the things I liked on Kaluta's TV was the um, field leadership training. Can you talk a bit about that? I think, cause I think that's pretty, pretty amazing as well. Yeah. You know, as we were looking to grow um, the key to the success of any project for us is a really good foreman. And what we realized is that we did not have enough foreman for the growth that we were having. And what we wanted to do is to go invest and grow foreman. But what we realized was we needed to grow the people that we're going to grow the foreman, right? Because we have a lot of uh, young people coming into our industry, coming and working for us, whether it's for a summer job or whether they were doing it for someone or they've been painting with their grandfather. Uh, but we wanted to give them more professional skills. So the initial part of our field leadership program was to build these leaders, you know, these field managers that would then grow foreman. And it was unbelievable because phase one was let's go grow the field managers. Phase two of the field leadership program, the field managers taught all the foremen how to read prints, how to do production rate estimating, you know, how to talk to a site super, right? You know, how to be professional. So yep. there were these basic things that were just, we surprised ourselves uh, by doing this. And, and again, it's had such a, a cascading effect. So now we're trying to build some of those programs in our flooring division and our fireproofing division. And the return on investment is that is that I may put a number, but like if, because you cared about the people, the people care about the business, right? So have you seen a good return on that? Are people, you know, telling you how much they enjoy it? Or are they trying to get more people into the program? It, it was interesting. We got some help in putting together the program, right? And at the end, you know, we did a graduation and we videotaped um, some of the people just getting a piece of paper and just talking about what the industry was like when they were growing up in the industry versus how now we're treating them. So, you know, the loyalty, um, the, the connection to one another of how we helped people grow their career here. And at the end of the day, you know, some people move on, right? It's one of those things that I always want what's best for my employees, whether they stay here or whether they move on, you know, I'd rather have a high level of engagement and keep training people, whether they move on or not. And um, we have a lot of people that do stay here and have been promoted from the field to then running a whole division. So we, we try to give them a career ladder and to be able to see that they can continue to grow into operations right out of the field or they can go right into sales uh, out of the field. And we've had examples of both. Uh, and, and for that, I think people are more engaged and are more appreciative uh, to work for a company that is giving them, you know, a career growth or a career opportunity. Amazing, right? To have that, to have that plan in place. Like so I work with people that don't have that plan. They just kind of wing it every day. And 
I kept saying, what's the plan? There's no plan, but it sounds like you got a great plan in place. So what's next for, for your company? Looking down the road, next big thing. You've got all these great divisions there. You've got, you know, the, the fireproofing. What's next, do you think? Yeah, we, you know, again, people are always asking me, hey, what's the next acquisition? We actually don't have any. I think it's, um, we have good people. I think it's it's more training, more growing, um, just investing in our people. One of the things that we do regular check-ins every 90 days with some of our managers and like talk to them about what's next for them and tie their career growth to the growth of the business. But um, our most recent acquisition was up in Portland, Maine. We were already doing a lot of work up there anyways and, and traveling back and forth. And then again, a vendor connected us with someone that was in their you know early 60s and said, hey, you know, I don't have a transition plan. I hear great things about you guys. Why don't you come up here? And we're like, yeah, let's do this. And as soon as we met their people, it was just it was a it was a win win. It was like a one plus one equals three. It's like it's hard to find those, but yeah. the culture fit of how they treated their employees was right in line with how we treated employees. So it, it it's just it, it's a win win win. So Maine is a very large state. There's we're going to continue to grow up there. Uh, we have offices down in Connecticut. We're we're growing down there. You know the Worcester area is big. So there's still. Plenty of people, plenty of customers to do business right where we are right now. And you've got uh, eight total office locations, right? So you got Peabody, Providence, Rhode Island, Ashton, New Hampshire, Worcester, Mass, Stoughton, Mass, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Hartford, Connecticut, and Portland, Maine. So uh, pretty good coverage all around, you know, New England region, at least. is fantastic. So uh, it, It's interesting. The offices are really like there aren't many people coming to the office. You know, so it's interesting to see how people are either out on the job sites. And yes, we have those locations and, you know, we have a shop for people to have equipment and, you know, we carry inventory in some of those locations, but the people are either out on the job sites or they're out visiting customers. And, you know, the offices do seem a little light lately, though. All right. So that comes to everybody's favorite part of the podcast. This is the uh, lightning round. That's Jim. Jim's going to like these questions, I think. Oh, boy. We tend not to ask the same questions all the time. Uh, I one of my co-hosts, Allison, does probably the best job of the part, the lightning round, because she she asked really good questions. I, this is some ones I just love to ask. So, um, what was the worst job you ever had? I, I, I remember when we were doing high-end residential with my dad, and there was this really high-end residential job in Marblehead, and it was a trophy job. Everybody, wow, you're doing that job. And, you know, clearly we did not make any money on that job. And, it, but, it, but it was a learning experience, right? It was, it was 25, maybe 30 years ago with my dad and I still going at it. And I guess the difference is from when you got the job for rather than when you finished the job, you're happy that you got the job, but then at the end you realize that you made no money. So it was, it was no fun. And it, but not part of the lightning round, but what is one of the biggest changes in the construction business that you've seen? Do you think what's the biggest change? Hmm. I think technology, I think the use of technology, how, you know, we still may print documents for the guys to go out there, but everyone's got the oversized iPads and they can look everything up and they have access to all the documents in the cloud. Uh, I think that's been and how much our employees have been embracing that technology uh, is surprising to me. I think it's funny, you know, not too many years ago, if you went to the job site, you brought your rolled up blueprints, right? If you had to make a change... Let me go make a change. We go back to the office and make a change, and then you come back. Nowadays, it's like on your iPad, you got your Procore, you got your thing, and 
make this change. I, well, I did you just got to know how to do this, right? Yeah. You know? Stretch. Yep. And then I, the I did a, and, yeah. we were working on a building people I was working for and uh, this gentleman shows up and he's got the rolled up paper still and a pencil behind his hand and an eraser. And he said, move this wall over here. And he literally rolled out his thing, erased it and put a wall. And I said, wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's old school, <laughs> right? Uh, you could have anyone fictional as your imaginary friend. Who would you choose and why? Oh, fictional. Who would you have yeah. My imaginary friend, like um, Superman or Wonder Woman, yeah. is, is that is that, is that, is that an option? Actually, yeah. I, I pick Aquaman. You know, there's something about the water and the ocean. I, I, I would take him as my fictional friend there because he could talk to the fishes, right? He could I, yeah, exactly. You know, we'd spend more time fishing than than painting. So, would you catch fish with with Aquaman? Would he be mad at that if you're catching fish? Wow, as long yeah. as we release them, you, you got right. me. There. I like right. it. which bit. <laughs> Which band or artist, dead or alive, would play at your funeral? Ooh. I'm somewhere between Jimi Hendrix and U2. Oh, I'm a U2 fan myself. Fantastic. Uh, what's one career wish you could have? You weren't doing oh. the Kalutus bit family business. What would you have been doing if it wasn't for my family career business? wish, huh? Hmm, you got me thinking on this creativity stuff. My career wish. Uh, oh, wow, this is this is a deep one. A career wish, and you want a quick answer. And yeah, you know, I, I I guess you know, I, I growing up, I was working at a local sub shop in Danvers. My dad offered, hey, what? Well, how about we get you a pizza place? You know, you're Greek. You can you can make pizza. <laughs> so I guess I would have a pizza shop up on the North Shore somewhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the last country you visited outside of the United States? Ooh, uh, last country was Aruba. Ooh. And uh, so, yeah, that was my first time in Aruba. I'd never been there. Sun is really hot. I don't know if I'm a sun guy. I like winter vacations a little bit better. But oh. Aruba. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Mm, I love that question. Probably New Zealand. Ooh. Yeah. I like to be there myself. If you yeah. could commit any crime and get away with it, what would you choose and why? I could commit any crime. Any crime and get away with it. And get away with it. Uh, what would it be and why? Hmm. Oh, this is a good question. And it made me really think about this. <laughs> oh. I think being able to have free parking because a lot of times I'm always getting parking tickets. So I think overstaying my welcome at a meter and uh, because I'm always bouncing into places and I either never have change or I never have the app for the meter. So yeah, I'm so on the other side, I'm like bank robbery. I want to commit a bank robbery. I'm going to get away with it. Let me just be, you're, you're thinking something simple like, I didn't yeah. rewind the VCR tape when I brought it back to Blockbuster. I don't want to know I'm free parking, right? I'm thinking like, I want to go on a bank. I want yeah, this big yeah. heist, right? All right. Um, um, if you could choose any two famous people to have dinner with, who would they be? Two fa anybody famous. Dead or alive doesn't matter. Anybody famous. Dead or alive, two famous people. Uh, see, I know Tough you're one. thinking that I'm thinking too seriously about this. Dead or alive, two famous people. Uh, Anthony Bourdain Ooh. and uh, Robin Williams. Oh, wow, geez, yeah, That'd be quite the interesting dinner, I think. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you could, <laughs> I'll tell you, if you could magically become fluent in any language, what would it be? Uh, I actually was fluent in Greek, and I probably wish that I was, uh, or English, Greek or English, I would love to be fluent in. So. <laughs> if you could go to Mars, would you? 
Mm, no. Would you rather live in the ocean or on the moon? Ocean. And then uh, the last one I'll ask you is, uh, what would the title of your autobiography be? Um, mm, title of my autobiography. Let's go. All right. Love it. That's fantastic. Guys. It's Jim Cluters, everybody. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. If anybody out there wants to get a hold of you, Jim, what's the best way to do it? Um, Kalutas.com, our website, uh, or just uh, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, as long as you know how to spell the last name, we should be all set. Love it. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate you being on with us. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. All right. That was a great conversation with Jim Kalutas. I can't thank him enough. Uh, if you don't follow him on LinkedIn or social media, he does a fantastic job. Just being his social media person for his company, he posts every day, several times a day, big in the company culture, which I think is amazing. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and then Carol was talking about that she's going to pepper some events in through the summertime. And dad joke of the day is, uh, what does an, an annoying pepper do? Um, what does an annoying pepper do? Shake things up? He gets Rack jalapeno up. face. <laughs> Jalapeno face, <laughs> right, Carol? Remember that we talked about that yeah. the other day. Yeah, he gets uh, jalapeno face. Jalapeno oh, face. Oh, that was a good that, one. That's All a little right. hot. That's, that's a little hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was wow, weird. Carol. Wow. 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 All right. Um, <laughs> so today's weird news. Anyways, uh, uh, this week's thing is uh, uh, a chef in Japan. A Japanese ice cream company has assembled the world's rarest ingredients to create an ice cream flavor that costs. Can you guess how much the serving this particular serving of ice cream costs? Can you take a guess? Oh, I want to say hmm. $17,000. That's, that's a good guess. You're a little high, but that's a very good guess. I'm going to say. Ten. Another good guess. It's $6,700 per serving. Holy smokes. Per serving? Guinness World Records announced Japanese brand Salado earns the record for the world's most expensive ice cream with its new flavor dubbed Bayakuya. Treats, uh, ingredients include a rare white truffle grown in Alba, Italy that costs $6,900 per pound. It also includes Parmigiano, Reggiano, and Saki Lees. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's a not... very, very interesting combination of flavors. That's not ice cream. The company said it sought to combine European and Japanese flavors into something unique. It took us over um, one and a half years to develop. Uh, the question to, to the pod squad is, would you try it? No. I mean, yeah, like I'll try a bite of it. You a know what bite? I mean? Will I pay for it? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, sponsors out there, if you want to buy us <laughs> a serving of this ice cream to share. <laughs> for sure. If it was purchased, I would definitely maybe try a little bit of it. But, you know, we got Richardson's right down the street. <laughs> Three points. 350 whatever for you know a huge ice cream i'm good i'm good have you been so, to socks they're nutter butter frozen yogurt oh, oh yum mm. <laughs> right down the street god right I, need, street. I need ice cream for myself so that, that kind of ties in what's the weirdest <laughs> thing you've ever eaten i guess so what's the craziest thing you've ever eaten oh uh shortbread not shortbread what um not shortbread shortbread is the it's craziest like the, thing you've eaten? cookies are so good it's the brains <laughs> Uh, form of brains. So there's this, there used to be this really um, a fancy restaurant in yeah. Shrewsbury and a gentleman I worked with, we're talking 30 years ago, now that I'm aging myself, dating myself, um, 
he would take us there uh, at the holidays and foot the bill. And it was all about um, eating stuff that you couldn't get normal places. Wow. And make, this, make this sound, Allison. Shrewsbury Shuffle. <laughs> and, no, but what did it taste like, though? Like, what could you, like, compare it to? Or did you like it, I guess, is, like, my well, first question. Well, mentally, I had a hard time saying, oh, I like this, because I knew what it was. Right. Um, but like everything else, it probably tasted just like chicken. <laughs> right. Like, I wasn't, you know how lamb has a, a gamey taste to it? Yeah. Yep. This really didn't. Oh. I mean, but the way they prepared it, you know. I'm sure there was garlic in there and everything else that makes things taste good. But garlic can make most things taste good, I feel. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, okay, I'm being brave by trying this. Yeah. And uh I'd say so. I was like, mm, I'm not gonna try it again. And I that that same restaurant, because I was lucky enough to go several times, I it was probably the first time I had rabbit. I still have not ever had it. I yeah, want I'm to, I'm, I mean, I would try it. Absolutely. I'll try most things, but, um, Kayla, how about you? Where does thing eaten? Well, I'm just making faces over here because I have not tried any of those things. So I am very, very, um, specific with my foods, right? So everything is texture based. So I don't really venture out that much. Right. I think mm-hmm. the most I've eaten and I'm not a seafood person at all was squid. Oh, squid. I, had, yeah. I feel like I that's kind of, yeah. Like fried calamari, you know, and a lot of people love that. And I'm just yeah. like, no. Okay, but which you don't like fried calamari? No. Okay, but I love fried calamari, but I won't eat the tentacles. Oh yeah, I don't like the tentacles. Like my boyfriend will eat them. So that's great. Well, he can have those. I would want the rings with the little cherry peppers. Like oh. I I basically want like just like the little cutie, like they're basically like onion rings, like those. Gotcha, yeah. Those are no, so good. I definitely had like the little squiggly, you know, looking Tentacles. ones. Tentacles. Yeah, probably. And it was just disgusting. I was like, this, I'm like, why am I trying this? Now, when you, you, talk about, you talk about, like, if you seen uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, the guy eats monkey brains, the guy like cracks oh, the skull open, and the guy like, oh. that's, oh my God. I'm good. Uh, Would all you, right. Really quick though, would you guys try Gator Bites? I did. I, I have, and they're delicious. I would yeah. try it. My, my dad bites, like yeah. My take on it is, I would absolutely have them again. Um, and they, to me, tasted like a mix of chicken, pork, and steak in terms of taste and texture. Texture, yeah. Um, more of like a pork type texture, but like a melty, nice, like not like like a thick and chewy kind of. Hundred percent would recommend that. I had those in New Orleans, and those were absolutely delicious so that's a florida delicacy so all right here's a question for you would you try (laughs) would you try rocky mountain no oysters no okay don't tell me what that is don't no i'm not a seafood place i'm not a seafood person what what do you think rocky mountain oysters are (laughs) not seafood that's not seafood um the poop of the ocean i don't know no bull testicles (laughs) Oh, Rocky. that was the first episode of Fear Factor. That's right, Rocky Mountain Oysters. First episode testicles. of Fear Factor. That yep. was the third. That was the the second or the third yep. thing. What? You I love you Fear try? Factor. Kayla, don't bring up Fear Factor on me. I swear to God, Cal, I love Cal's Fear. Going. I told you, Joe Rogan, Cal. friend of the pod. Yeah, Joe Rogan, <laughs> good friend. <No. laughs> uh, I, I, all right, I would so, not have that. No, absolutely not. 
All right. Oh. So when I try and rocket my noises, I'm not trying to squid brains. Ugh. Right. And then, uh, all right. So this week's episode was a go with Jim Kalutis. Thanks to Jim. Uh, what do you got coming up for coming up for events? Uh, trainings. Awesome question. Awesome question. I'm going to tell you. This is everybody's favorite part right here is the upcoming trainings, by the way. Second favorite is the news. We're, we're messing with the lineup a little bit. All right. It's the 31st. So let's get into what's going on. I mean, next week and beyond. Um, so June 7th, 14th and 21st, we'll be holding an OSHA 10 hour for construction at the GCI ABC mass movement office. You do have to attend all three nights to get the full certification. On June 10th and 17th, we'll also be holding a crew leader class. Really, really great class to get into. It's very popular, so make sure that you get your seat while you can. Then we have a 608 universal certification on June 10th. Be sure to get your seat because they are filling up fast. And finally, we have a hot work safety certification for Massachusetts class on June 13th. This is an in-person class. We have this class available 24-7 online. Um, if you ever have any questions about that, please feel free to let me know. It takes about three hours and you're done. You get your certificate right there. Um, if you feel like an in-person instruction is a little bit better for you, you learn a little bit better in a classroom with people, be able to ask questions live. This is a really great opportunity to get in front of a teacher that can answer any of those questions that you have. So hot work safety certification, June 13th, 5 to 8, ABC Mass, GCI Woburn office. Be sure to get your registration in. You can check out all of these classes and the rest of what we have going on through December 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events. Awesome. And now everyone's second favorite, second, second favorite. favorite part of the podcast. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, you know, polls don't lie. Second favorite part of everybody's podcast is now the news. Uh, this uh, weekly update is part of Charlie Shapiro's uh, weekly newsletter blast that goes out to all the members. And it's sponsored by Kenny and Sam's and Patriot Benefit Services. Uh, featured news of the week is that open to all ABC members. You can uh, don't miss your chance to meet the new Massachusetts Labor Secretary, Lauren E. Jones. All members are encouraged to join us for a special meeting with the new Massachusetts uh, Secretary of Labor and Workforce Development, Lauren E. Jones, on Tuesday, June 27th at 7.30 in the morning at the Burlington Marriott. Uh, please join us at this meeting to hear from Secretary Jones and show your support for expanding the construction employment pipeline. It's open to all ABC members. So if you want to register, you can reach out, uh, click on the link, register today. You can talk to Carol. She'll help you out with that one. Uh, we're also excited to talk about a new member success kit. Uh, it's a key to achieving our chapter's main goal, helping your company succeed. Uh, Allison and Venus Williams worked super hard to get that member success kit out and done. And they did a fantastic job. So if you do not have your member success kit, reach out to Venus or even Allison, if you need a member success kit, we get it for you. Absolutely. And, Whole and team our, effort there too. Everyone had a hand in that member success kit. So, you know, effort, you, yep. it's it, like it, really going to give you a really, really nice overview of what we have going on here, who we have here, what we do, how we can help you. So yeah, reach out to Venus or I, um, and we're happy to, send that to you um it also just went out in the newsletter this week it's it's, it's fantastic it's beautiful it's you know a job well done it's a, there's a ton of information so like i said if you do not have your member success kit reach out to venus or else or anybody we can get it for you and it's a it's a way to help your company succeed and and the one thing you can do is uh is get involved right that's very you know is very important so uh, come to an event join a committee tell us about the political or regulatory changes you face 
and discount programs. All that information is in the success kit. So that's fantastic. Uh, also want to talk about uh, some member updates. Kaplan earns third step platinum award. Kudos to the team at Kaplan Construction for earning an ABC platinum level step award for the third time. Safety is a job one for top-notch firms like Kaplan. And then three member companies make it to the Better Business Journal, largest general contractors in Massachusetts list. So Callahan Construction Managers, NEI General Contracting, and Timberline made the Boston Business Journal's list of the largest general contractors in Massachusetts. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you. If you have anything you want to talk to uh, members about, you can reach out to communications at abcma.org. We'll thank Carol for being with us. Carol, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, email me at Carol. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Carol at abcma.org. <laughs> and, uh, especially, I had I, a moment. <laughs> we can't thank Carol for enough. It was kind of the last minute thing I bumped in the hallway saying, so you want to come on. We love having Carol on with us. Talk about events. She does a really good yes. job. Uh, and uh, anything else? Allison? I think that's it. So with that, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ABCGCI Coffee Break. Be sure to follow us on all the places that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Android, all of them. You know them all. You know where you're listening. You're listening right now. So while you're on there, rate us five stars, leave us a review, make us happy. That's that. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week.